is up, everybody? Welcome to another edition of Curveballs and Chair Shots. My name is Brandon Tingumas. Sitting approximately six feet away from me is my lovely and esteemed co-host, Dominic Hobson. Dominic, how are you doing today? Doing fine, Brandon. How are you? I'm doing just lovely. We did a special MLB preview with our friends, frenemies, over at Trapdoor to Hell a few days ago. You can call them friends again. It's fine. Okay, we're the the beef beef is squashed for now. It's just it's put the on the beef is going to chicken. It's getting very lean right now. It's on the back burner, one might say. Oh, maybe. I got beef puns. Cooking puns, one might say. I, I have nothing to go off of right now. But yes, we did do a live stream of that. If you'd like to go check it out right after you listen to this illustrious podcast, Curveballs and Chair Shots over on the YouTube or you go to youtube.com slash curveballs chair shots. We have our own URL because we're just so fancy. But anyways, we will drop the audio version of that live stream in the next few days. Dominic, when should we drop that? Give me a date. Uh, let's see. November 19th, 2020. Before next Thursday. Uh, tomorrow. Okay, tomorrow on my birthday. I got to do work. I got to edit the podcast and then drop it. I mean, I'm working on your birthday too, so. Working hard or hardly working? Both. Both? I thought you were supposed to have Saturdays off. Well, I mean, I'm going to Grandfather's, so it's work. Oh, okay. Taking care of a loved one. Take care of a grandparent. I remember when I used to do that. Yeah, you do? Yeah. Isn't today a special day for you, too? Yeah. My my, my grandma's birthday today. You know, first one without her. Because she's dead. The first one's always the hardest, Brandon. Don't worry. Yeah. Take it from me. The next one, be a little less painful. Sooner or later, you're just, you're just going to move on. I was going to try to honor her today in her memory to have nap time it's been a long time since i've had nap time but some asshole kept fucking texting me and i couldn't fall asleep what was tyler texting you it was not tyler it was uh dominic hobson penguin head kept texting me about meat and corona oh, and medello oh yeah 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 and remember that guy no fuck you i invite you over for dinner fuck you i never said yes but you hear to do the podcast and maybe have dinner maybe i i bought a 15 pack of mango cart and then a 12 bot 12 pack of corona on top of the 15 uh, pbrs i still have on top of the two jack and cokes i still have so you know what your ass is getting drunk tonight you know i'm not very hungry right now i had six day old steak some tater tots and a rain energy drink not a good combination you you drink you ate a six day old steak was it six? Maybe it was six. Cooked yeah. it on and then I mic and I microwaved it. Yeah, the one the steak that I definitely cooked. You did not cook it for my cousin's birthday slash UFC party. I'll have to have him on the podcast to uh, testify against that. I mean, he was there. We have a video. We have video evidence and picture evidence of me cooking the steak. So I'm going to be entered in this cook-off as a triple threat. It's going to be a triple threat match now, player. And then Tyler goes up against the Undertaker in a tag team match. Nice. So, we're going to get serious. Shout out Lance Storm. For the first topic, we have the Washington football team. They're not the Washington racial slurs anymore because they have announced on Monday that they are uh, taking down the name. They're not, well, they still technically their headquarters are still the racial slurs, but from for all intents and purposes, they have taken down that name. There's no news quite yet on exactly what the new name will be. But there's also some even more news coming out of Washington right now that a bombshell was dropped yesterday. There's a lot of rumor and innuendo that there was something like this coming down the pipeline. But 15 women who have worked in the Washington organization has come out and said that they have experienced sexual uh, 
assault and abuse, sexual abuse and stuff like that. Just a whole bunch of other stuff. And a lot of the circles around Dan Schneider, the Washington owner, nothing directly linked to him, but a lot of the people in his inner circle. So one, one thing I want, I want to uh, ask is, um, and it, it's, it's kind of hard to bring it up, but you know, the wrestling community has been going through somewhat of a, I guess a change and a movement of sorts with the whole speak out and all that. Um, but why do you think that these women came forward now? Is it because, because of the name change and they feel like, okay, stuff's starting to come out. Let's, let's keep moving forward. Or do you think it's just, you know, like enough is enough. And I didn't read the entire article, to be honest. I read a little bit of it. One of the women that I did see worked from 2006 to 2019. So she's no longer with the company. So in, so this would be like her first off season. So she came forward and maybe it's kind of, you know, first domino to fall and then everyone else kind of comes out to tell their story. So that's what I can kind of see that being the reasoning because it kind of, you don't want to be the first, but then once somebody is out there, you kind of have a sister along with you to kind of, you know, take the brunt and be, you know, share your stories and be together on this issue. And nothing is like, you know, totally physical. It's all like a lot of uh, mental abuse and saying some derogatory, nasty things to these women. Uh, Frenemy of the podcast, Tyler was talking about, there was like some secret, uh, like glass ceiling walkway that you can see like underneath, you know, women's skirts and stuff like that. So there's just, I mean, Dan Snyder was already kind of the worst, maybe owner in sports right now. And it's besides the old Clippers co uh, owner. Well, currently right now, currently, okay. Currently, but there's some speculation that maybe some of the minority owners are kind of trying to get their shit together to possibly, you know, take him out. Maybe Dan Schneider sells the team before all this comes out. So Washington has kind of been a laughingstock for the past 20 years, and it's all kind of coming ahead right now with the name change and all these allegations. The other thing I want to ask, too, is, uh, and this is totally just me being oblivious here, is Dan Schneider the same Dan Schneider that does, like, majority of the Nickelodeon TV shows? Or how did this guy get his money? Do you, would you know anything about that, Brandon? Dominic, I'm going to go on a limb okay. and say that it is not the same guy who did the Nickelodeon teen comedies. Just, just ask Even though that guy also has some allegations thrown his way that maybe he's a, a little bit of a, a pedo. Made a... Made a cock, cock, sorry. I'm stuttering. I'm nervous to say this out loud, but just like Miranda Cosgrove's a hooker or a prostitute. According to Travis, yes. she was a, a truck stop prostitute yes allegedly because he saw one article on facebook or something and didn't do any research after that sounds like somebody else i know yeah who would that be that would be your boy me so let's see since dominic just likes to spray this the curveballs at you yeah he likes to throw me some curveballs i'm gonna have to look up and see where dan schneider gets his money from i just love throwing them curveballs at you you, most you hit him you hit him most of the time but sometimes you get beamed in the face with egg all over your face. So he purchased the racial slurs for $800 million as well as FedEx Field. Let's see if I can try to find his career. Uh, in 1989, Snyder and his sister Michelle founded a wallboard advertising company. So I guess a lot of okay. advertising and you know just communications working their way up, I guess. Uh he is the youngest ever CEO of a New York Stock Exchange listed company at the age of 32. Wow, that's the youngest. 
Well, I guess maybe it's like when he did it. When he did it, it was the youngest. But now with all these tech guys. It's probably, you know, 17. 12. 10. 9. I think 7, and that's my final answer. I was waiting. For, I want to do a countdown. I thought oh. you were going to say 9. 9. Eight. Yeah, there you go. 7. Okay. Way to ruin the bit, Dominic. All right. Anything Sorry. else? I'm not smart. Anything else on Washington? Do you see them selling the team? Do you see them... Uh, making a pick of a name change before the season. I think you kind of have to. I mean, it's kind of awkward to not can have. Just be the, can just be Washington for a season? I guess you could do that and kind of, I mean, we did kind of speculate that you just kind of do that and then start fresh the next season. Madden has already come out and said they're going to take all the imagery and names off of their uh, video game. That's kind of hard and inconvenient, but obviously necessary for them to do that. What, what are you shoot voting for? so far like from all the rumors and everything you've heard what's the one name that sticks out for you so far let's see we have the red tails we have warriors the warriors i kind of have forgotten some of the other names because a lot of the talk was like a few weeks ago i mean i I like the red tails i like warriors though i like the i mean i like the red tails it might be a little too close to the name i know the red tails is also kind of a thing that has to do with like uh, planes and stuff like that so that's that's one of them uh I think it was Pat McAfee that said DCFC. Boom. That's cool, I guess, too. I'm not. I'm not I, I kind of do like the Warriors. I do kind of agree with Pat McAfee that I think DC sounds a lot cooler than Washington. Because technically it's weird because they're not in Washington, DC, and it's not Washington State. It's like in Maryland. So just call them DC. DC something. I guess Pat McAfee is a goat of some sorts, then? He is the goat. Okay, then. DC Defenders. No? No. You don't think that uh, name has any value? Not anymore. Not anymore? No. I mean, they were going to win the They were going to win the XFL. They were going to win me a million dollars. But that didn't happen. It did not happen. You know why? Because of COVID. Thanks, Donald Trump. Thanks, Trump. We got some COVID news as well, but we're going to get to some actual sports news. We got Miles Garrett in the news. He is still, I guess, technically suspended from the NBA or NBA, NFL. What team does he play for? What sport does he play? He plays football. Sorry, I got someone drinking that syrup behind the scenes. Studio audience with the her rally cup. Like she do, she doesn't understand still that this is going to make me a millionaire one day. Mm-hmm. And, you know, all these noises are just going to Dominic, would you like to tell the the audience about one of your coworkers looking up our podcast and finding one of our illustrious titles? I mean, if you want me to do it so early in the podcast. But, you know, I was in the break room and uh, talking with my coworker, Elijah. He, uh, Shout out to Elijah. We were talking. and uh, He better be listening. He, uh, I told him to. Um, so there you go. He gets a shout out 11 minutes into the podcast. You know, we're, we're just talking about, because he saw me write down all the, all the stuff for, for our little crossover podcast we did on, on Wednesday. And uh, started talking about it. And uh, he said, oh, what, what's your name? I'll look you guys up. And he looked this up. And he says, is this you? And it was one of the older titles. I um, can't remember what it, what it was, but it was some, you, you found it last night. I just can't remember what it was. But I was like, I yeah. don't know how you can forget the illustrious title of Double Murder and Cock Rings. Yeah, that one. Which I don't know why that one came up, because that was like three months ago, four months ago. And then he said, are you sure? He goes, and then this one is, Dominic, I will not fuck your dog. Which was last week's episode. And then I was like, yeah, I don't want to talk about it. So no double stuffed Oreo this podcast. No, 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 no. You know, and then also told, uh, and, and just so you know, too, I did tell Earl 
that uh, in order for him to be on the podcast, he has to send at least one question in him. So, did has not he, send one this week. Oh, he did not send one. We still have Mr. X's segment coming up later in the show. But Miles My- Garrett allegedly has signed or close to signing a five-year, $125 million extension with the Cleveland Browns. He was His name was on trade rumors, but seemingly he's going to stick around with Cleveland. He sent out a little trolling video yesterday, kind of signing something, but obviously it wasn't the contract. So, Dominic, your thoughts on the suspended Miles Garrett getting this money right now? Do you know how many games? I mean, I know he got suspended, what, it, middle of last year? It is indefinite. So he can come back at the beginning of the season or, or, never. or never again. Or never again. Um, I think he'll come back, but I I don't know if I would if I were the Browns, if I would want to resign him. I feel like... Um, with everything that's gone on, it's just better to cut your ties and have him go sign somewhere else. I know he's a great, great player, but I don't know if I would want the the possibility of him getting suspended again and then losing out on more money. He's a cornerstone player, one of the best defensive ends in the league. I would kind of give him a mulligan on this one. He's never really acted out and done anything of this nature thus far. Like if this is Indomitian Sue, who kind of has a history of doing shit like this, then I would be a little more weary. But since this was kind of the first time he did something like this, I'd be like, okay, I understand. Yes, he kind of threw out the rumor about a racial slur being thrown at him. That has never been confirmed yet, which I I would assume that if it actually was said, it would have came out by now. So five years, $125 million, It's the NFL. Nothing super guaranteed. They can always cut him and save some money later on down the line. But he is a great player. I think I don't know if he's worth exactly that much and worth the five-year investment because you just never know how long these players are going to be lasting. We also have another signing a little bit later on but i mean with the browns we keep hoping they keep signing these talented players but they just can never make it all click together and figure it out do you think somewhere in in that contract states if you get suspended if you get i would assume there's some sort of i mean there's usually always like clauses in there that if you don't if you're i mean obviously if you're suspended you're not making any money well yeah yeah but I'm, i'm just you know i wonder if it's more strict than it would be for you know somebody else of his caliber that hasn't been suspended or anything like that. I guess we'll have to find out. So we have another signing, Derrick Henry, arguably one of the best running backs last year, has signed, re-signed with the Tennessee Titans. Four years, $50 million. We don't normally see running backs, you know, getting paid. You know, I mean, he he's getting his money up front. He kind of had a career year last year. I understand him wanting to get this money now from the Tennessee Titans perspective. I'd be a little weary paying a running back because I feel as the running backs, they kind of wear out their welcome after their first few years. And Christian McCaffrey seems as though he's the only real, you know, top-tier running back that I would look at giving that kind of money to. Obviously, Derrick Henry's not the highest-paid running back in the league, but he's kind of in that, you know, bottom of the first tier, top of the second tier pay. So, Dominic, after the great season he had last year, they get Ryan Tannehill back. Your thoughts on paying Derrick Henry and securing that position for the next four years? I think it's a great, 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 uh, I guess, re-signing, but a great pickup for him. I mean, a great season, a great postseason. Um, fell, fell, fell a little short, but, um, you know, to, to bring back a lot of the core people, I think Tennessee could be a team to be reckoned with this year. He's... I would say he's the best pure runner, you know, most tr- the best traditional running back in the league. What's what's his nickname again? Isn't like a 
Once again, Dominic, do not be bringing up these things if you don't know what you're talking Dude, about. Dude, we, we said it a bunch of times. Oh, my God. You made me look it up. Okay, keep talking. Because I literally have no idea what you're talking about. Bro, they there's a nickname that it goes by, like, Stallion. I don't know. Anyways, as I was saying, while Dominic goes to Google Derrick Henry's nickname, he's probably the best pure runner, like running back, in the NFL He's not one of those running backs who can kind of do everything. He's not one of those elite pass catchers. He's not, obviously, Christian McCaffrey who can kind of just do everything. Dominic, you gave a little look at your screen of shock. Did you find the answer that you were looking for? God, no. I thought it was something totally different. And do, do, you, and, do you want me to say it? And, and, and that's, that's why when you asked me that, I had no idea what you're talking about. I Dominic, thought, what? I thought there's a running back that has, like a, a, like, a nickname that's, like, really cool or like it's catchy or something like that and i can't remember who it was i thought it was him you know oh i'm thinking of that C- the seahawks running back i don't remember his name though marshawn lynch no it wasn't him dk metcalf he's not a running back okay i was just throwing that out there see if you noticed no because his nickname was shaka or the little tractor so uh not what i was thinking so sorry Derek hill or henry Derrick Hill? Let's talk about Derrick Hill for a little bit, huh? Dominic, who is Derrick Hill? I don't know, but let's go with Derrick Henry. All right. So that'll do it for football news. Moving on to the baseball. We actually talked about this player on our preview. So our preview's already dated because Yasiel Puig signed to the Atlanta Braves on Tuesday, I believe. And now it has come out that he has tested positive for COVID, which nullifies the contract. And now Yasiel Puig is back as a free agent, which sucks for him. But your thoughts on... it sucks for the Braves too, because... And it sucks for me, because I picked the Braves to... Well, no spoilers, no spoilers, no spoilers. I mean, I don't know what I picked the Braves to do. You should listen to Wednesday's podcast. That hasn't been released till tomorrow. Oh, God, I'm screwed. Yeah, you said Wednesdays. I was getting confused. Like, we're releasing it Wednesday. I don't know. But anyways, so first from... Would, would you like to take it from Atlanta's point of view since apparently... Because I feel as though when we were doing the podcast, I was not as high on the Braves as everybody else was. Sure, Brandon. Let's go with the Braves. Point of view. Well, Dominic, how does this affect the Braves? Uh, greatly, I think. Not not to say that Puig... Essentially, he was going to be Nick Marcakis's replacement. Yeah, but I mean, not and but the thing that I think all four of us agreed upon, and something that you touched on, is that when he's hot, amazing player, but he's so spotty that you don't know what you're going to get. You can get hot Puig, you can get sizzling Puig, you can get never touched a baseball in his life Puig. You don't know. So I feel like I feel like it's not going to hurt the Braves as much. But it definitely will hurt them in the long run, not having that power and, and, and the, the the speed and all that kind of stuff that he brings to the table, a.k.a. the plate. He also has a pretty good arm. He's a pretty good defender as well. But I, I, I thought the signing of Puig was a good one for the Braves. I think him filling out that outfield with Ronald Acuna could have been a lot of fun to see him play. I love Puig. I feel as though it's kind of a, a disservice that Puig isn't in the league at all. Yeah, at this point, he's... I think it is twenty nine age twenty nine season to where he should be on a major league roster. He should be one of the top players in the league, but just he wasn't able to put everything together. Obviously, some off the field issues and some attitude issues have kind of affected him as well. But I feel as though that Yasiel Puig, I feel as though he should be on a major league team. I think 
the off the field things is kind of one of the reasons why. Dominic, what are you trying to do? The studio audience wants me to get rid of the fucking step stool. I told her no, but she adamant that she has to have it. So I'm sorry. Short people, listen. short people problems. Yeah, I'm sorry. It's not my problem. Fucking, this is, she wants to have it. I'll listen back to that. I'm sorry. Puig should be on a team, Dominic. What's your uh, thoughts on Puig? And this was, he. I mean, we're a week away from the season. He signed with the team. Now he tests positive for COVID, so that's obviously going to put him on the shelf for a little bit. What do you think his future is in the MLB, if there is one? I definitely think that somebody will soup him up as soon as he is so-called clean. But how come they haven't signed him at this point? I don't, I don't know, Brandon. That's a good question. I feel like maybe, maybe a lot of people have more of a negative perception on him and not, the, you know, the bad outweighs the good on most people. So I think a lot of teams are sleeping on him, realistically, if you think about it. Braves took a chance. It was going to work out probably really good for him. COVID came. Okay. Um, I think... I, I can't think of a team that would suit him well. But I feel like one of the struggling teams, maybe like the Orioles, could soup him up and maybe definitely won't win the division, won't win the wild card, but at least won't be a laughing stock. Yeah, I feel as though those lower tier teams like the Marlins, the Orioles, maybe even the Giants. You watch your goddamn mouth. Okay, Dominic apparently doesn't want to play well, on the Giants. I'm sorry, I forgot. I'm no longer a Giants fan. I'm, I'm learning, I'm learning. He's a recovering Giants fan. He has been converted to the Oakland A's. I, I, I relapse from time to time. It's okay. But I feel as though he's more likely to sign with that team. Dominic, if you're hot, put the fan on. No, I can do without it, man. We only got a little bit longer. Of course. We're only 22 minutes in, and we've been going about an hour and a half the past month. All right, on to wrestling. If Dominic passes out, uh, studio can step in. Maybe, maybe. She's gonna last two minutes. I think that Yasio Puig won't sign with the team this year. I feel as though those lower teams who he would more likely sign with would rather have the cheaper option. You know, test some of their talent in house, get some of those young minor leaguers some playing time, and see what they can do on the field. It sucks. Maybe. We could see Puig in Korea or in Japan where we can really see Puig shine where he's facing a little bit lower level of competition and he's able to show his his attitude and show his charisma on the field a lot more. I'm pretty sure if he was to go to one of those other teams, he would just be the biggest star and I mean, Eric Thames, Eric Thames, Eric Thames there you go. is almost a literal god in Korea. And I think Yasuo... Can you imagine if Puig goes, he would literally be a god. Exactly. He'd be wearing a toga in the streets. Yes. Puig and a Togo. Toga. What'd I say? He would, you said, I think he said Togo. He's eating Togos. Puig would be the king of Togos. Yes. Don't know if there's... A, is there Togos in South Korea? Maybe. There has king to be. King of sushi. Anyways, let's go international. Let's stay international. Let's go up north to Canada. We talked a little bit about it when this whole plan came down for the MOB. The Blue Jays are still awaiting approval for the MLB season to be played at the Rogers Center. Currently, they are holding their summer camp at Rogers Center, but the Rogers Center is also a hotel, so all the players are able to stay in that literal bubble, play at the stadium, stay at the hotel, and they can't really leave anywhere. 
But now, obviously, they're waiting on the Canadian government to allow the other teams to show up and play in Canada. I mean, worst case scenario, what do you do? You just say, all right, Blue Jays, we're not playing. You don't got home field advantage. You play somewhere else, You got to play in Buffalo or play down at your spring training camp in Florida. Exactly. So what's the worst case scenario if Canada says no? There isn't one. You're not playing in your major league facility? But... But and everybody else is, even though you that, could say the Coliseum that, that's is That's your major country's fault, though. Because that country God, is forbi- doing... God forbid your country is taking coronavirus seriously. Exactly. But still, it's your country's fault, not your team's fault, not your not the not the commissioner's, commissioner's fault. It's your country's fault. So worst case scenario, you go to Florida, you go to Buffalo, wherever, you just play somewhere else. Who cares? It's all Canada's fault. Are we, are, is this the re-emergence of the Canadian Destroyer brand? Well, I'm trying to trying to poke and prod you because you're taking my gimmick. You keep destroying Canada, Dominic. I'm not destroying it. I'm just saying it's the country's fault. Anyways, that'll do it for us for sports. So see you later, Travis. But first, we have everyone's favorite segment. Mr. X's questions of the week. Bum bum. Try something different. I think I always try something different, though. I've never been consistent. Yeah, we're, I'm too lazy to create a drop and just put, put it in post, so I make Dominic do everything live. Yeah, I know. Sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. Sometimes I slur my words. But I, sometimes when it doesn't work, that's when it works the best. Exactly. So, first off, hello to Mr. X. I know you're listening. I know you're listening. Definitely listen to the MLB preview, Mr. X, Don't because do you're going to definitely like who I have making runs. Well, then you're going to love his first sentence of this email. <clears throat> I would like to wish Mr. Tanguma, that is you, Brandon, Ooh, very a professional. very happy birthday, because it is your birthday tomorrow. Oh, would you give me, Dominic? Anyways, second. Okay. Studio Yon's ruined the surprise. Yes, I got you this dick. Nice. Shout out to uh, my brother, Josh. He got me a pop, Funko Pop, of Dominic, a.k.a. Rick taking a shit. Good king, job. The king of shits. Good job. Thank you. I like it. For a second, I thought Dominic Mysterio got a pop, and I was going to get real pissed off. Um, anyways, so... Sad s- news is it's supposed to make a sound, but batteries were not included, and they're not like AA or AAA. I got to get like one of those fancy flat disc batteries. They're called button batteries. Dominic, do you want to give me button batteries for my birthday? Well, well, what kind do you have? What kind does it take? Something 13, I think. I didn't really look at it. Oh, probably don't have that then. Um, wow. Secondly, he says, do I need to, so it's in, it's in all caps and it's in, there's a ex- couple, hang on, there's one, two, three, four exclamation points. Do I need to yell this into the microphone? Don't yell it, just speak it very sternly and seriously. Go red legs. Thanks for destroying the microphone. I didn't speak that loud. Shut the fuck up. Okay. Let's see. Brandon, what do you think about the upcoming NCAA brass, brasket, brisket, brisket, got boots <laughs> on the mind. <laughs> What do you think about the upcoming NCAA basketball season as it pertains to pandemic? Because I got high hopes for my Kentucky Wildcats. So is he asking, what am I? What do I think of the upcoming season? If there is going to be a season, because I would assume so, because that says as it pertains to pandemic. So I mean, I'm you know, what do you think? You know, it's going to look like, be like, you know, all that jazz. Do you like jazz? Snake jazz. Well, we talked about it last week that they're already pushing or even straight up canceling fall season for sports. Spring season, who knows what the whole world is going to look like with all these states kind of all being all over the place and picking different times and thinking we're going to be good at 
you know, some some of them take a little more seriously than others. I, with the NCAA, technically, it's all kind of based on conference-wise, so it can be, you know, maybe the big the Pac-12 says no, while the SEC says yes. And when it comes to the overall tournament, I think that one's going to be a little hard to, you know, kind of round up together and get everybody up on the same page. I'm hope I'm trying to be hopeful that during the springtime we'll sort of get things back to normal. I'm still kind of thinking that we're not going to be seeing fans in a full capacity for the foreseeable future. Now, could we see fans in a limited capacity? Maybe, but we're just going to have to wait and see. Okay. So that is the, well, the last part isn't really, so there's two more, there's two, three more paragraphs. I'll go to the very last one because it still, it pertains to sports still. So he said something I'd like to, I'm sorry, I can't read. Capacity of a fifth grader. Something I feel I should clear up about the reference to Todd McFarlane. He's the guy at the beginning of the long gone summer who bought the McGuire home run balls. He's the best known for starting Image Comics and creating Spawn. Just, you know, he wanted to throw that out there. Still got nothing. He just wanted to throw it out there. By the way, Spawn, I'm not going to say one of my favorite movies, but, you know, it's it's definitely up there. You know, my favorite, almost. Um, So now we're on to wrestling. Are you ready for this question, Brandon? Because I feel like you're going to know a lot more than me, okay? What, Dominic? You're always a Spartan one. I know. I try to be. Even though I can't read. Um, Let's see. So the first one is, if Sasha Banks wins the Raw Women's title this Sunday, what are they trying to establish with her and Bayley? Plus, what does it say about the women's roster? I don't think Sasha Banks is going to win. There is a possibility, yes, but I think they are kind of telling the story first and foremost of the Bailey sasha Banks dynamic. Uh, if Bailey, I mean, if Sasha does win, I would say that they're, they were going to go into the direction of doing Sasha and Bailey, maybe title for title, maybe even merge the titles, and I wouldn't be opposed to merging the titles and having, you know, one woman's champion being able to go back and forth. I really like the NXT women's division. I think if you were to bring up a lot more of them and put them on a prominent position on Raw and SmackDown, then I think you would have a better choice of uh, better options to do two different women's divisions. But I think at the moment right now, not saying they don't have good talent. They do have good talent. It's just they're not utilizing them properly. And we're going to talk about some talents that are finally back on television for the first time in forever. But if Sasha does win, I mean, it's Sasha. She's fine. But I do think that she that what they're doing with Asuka at the moment, kind of rebuilding her and reestablishing her after kind of falling by the wayside doing some tag team stuff. Uh, I, I don't see Sasha winning it quite yet, but I think the, I think, I mean, even in this match in general, I think the story that they're going to focus on is Sasha and Bailey more than Asuka being a champion and retaining her title. Dominic, would you like to review the studio audience meets? Well, I haven't had a meet. Well, it's not me Pueblo anymore. It's Carter the Nas. But I haven't had it in a long time. So I'm just not used to it. It's different. Yes. Um, so the second question, I think I could just totally hit it out of the park. So I'm You're gonna not going to touch it. the Sasha Banks question? Well, I mean, I feel I agree with you. I do think if... Hang on, I'm going to cough because this meat's stuck in my throat. And that's a bad way to end this cough. Oh, my God. Dominic's got the Rona. No, your her meat stuck in my mouth or in my throat. <laughs> nice. Um, 
if she is going to win a title, it's going to be the SmackDown Raw. I mean, SmackDown Women's title. Okay, now Dominic is going off camera, off mic, to have a coughing attack because apparently it's been a while since he's had Mexican meats and the white boy can't handle it. He's coming back with a tear in his eye to read Mr. X's next question. I think she was trying to poison me. Hasn't hit me yet, so. The second question. Technically third question. Seventh. What do you think about the new rumor that Jeff Hardy is on his way out of WWE, which some explain why he's been put in this horrible storyline plus a story that he has yet to sign a new contract. Well, I'll let you take this one, Dominic, being the Jeff Hardy expert, because yeah. we are a Jeff Hardy podcast. Well, I do think he's on his way out, and I think it has to do with probably everything that's happened in the past year and a half, you know, coming back, getting hurt, winning the... United States title and then kind of dropping it and then got, to, you know, everything, everything that's gone on, especially everything with Matt. I feel like he's kind of, you know, he's run his course. Not to say I would not love to see him as champion or if there's, you know, anybody in NXT I'd like to see him face, but I think he's run his course. Granted, yes, I'll be that person. I would like to see him in AEW with Matt to be able to, to wrestle uh, the FTR, almost at their old name. FTR, I want to see him wrestle the Young Bucks again. Um, Lucha Bros would be another good one. Um, and plus, Kenny Omega and, and Hangman Page, I think you know, I think all of them together could have a great, great match. Now, the horrible storyline, I don't think that's their way of punishing him. I think that's just WWE. They suck at storylines lately. So I don't think it's them punishing him for not signing a contract or not wanting to renew or anything like that. I think it's just WWE being WWE. I sort of agree. If Jeff Hardy wants to go to AEW or be a free agent and kind of explore that route, I'm perfectly fine with that. At this point, I mean, they did the whole Hardy Boys reunion a few years back on the Indies, come back during WrestleMania, and they do their run there. So at this point, I'm not really intrigued or really looking to a Hardy Boys, you know, run on AEW. If they're both, if they both happen to be there, they're doing their own thing, and occasionally they do tag team matches together. Great, but at this point, I'm not really looking for Matt and Jeff to do things together. I kind of want to see them do things individually, and maybe at at certain points when the storyline calls for it to maybe join up and do something. Would you want to see Jeff, or would you want to see more of like a Willow or like the Antichrist, or you know, who who would? Well, I'm not really up to my Jeff Hardy lore. Unlike you. So, which, Dominic, which Jeff Hardy incarnation would you like to see? Well, if I'm being honest here, um, I would love to see the Antichrist Jeff Hardy come back. Because when he was a heel in TNA, when he was teamed up with Immortal and all that, I, even though, he, yes, he was fucked on drugs and everything, but I think that gimmick of him being just the cocky, arrogant, but yet real dark and, you know sinister jeff hardy mind he has you know was really cool but then again i i wouldn't mind to see willow i wouldn't mind just to see jeff as himself um you know just depends on it just depends on jeff i think i mean and whatever creative have has for him at the time too but you know having his own music i think would be another big deal too is i think wwe never really let jeff do anything with his musics and tna did i'm sure aw be like dude if you want to have your song come out go ahead i don't care 
I mean, I don't know exactly what the Hardy Hardy Boys relationship is with TNA. I don't know if AEW would let Jeff kind of do all those crazy wacky incarnations. Yeah, I know they're kind of they're letting Matt do his thing, but they're not exactly doing it to the extent that he was doing it in TNA. They've kind of grounded him. They've they did kind of the, the weird stuff early on, but they've kind of you know he's just kind of regular Matt teaching the. Uh, private party at the moment maybe he just doesn't have any ideas and they don't need him to do anything crazy right now but do you think there's a possibility especially with Anniversary coming up we're going to talk about that in a little bit later and tna maybe making some moves could you see maybe a reunion in tna possibility not with the hardy boys but just maybe jeff coming back by himself i, I definitely could see it i mean I, I could see maybe jeff to be honest jeff was the bigger star in tna matt matt was just he was more of like an ROH indie guy. Exactly. Exactly. So I think I think if Jeff wanted to sign somewhere else, I mean, granted, yeah, going to AEW, he has Matt, and he has some of the people there that you know he knows. But TNA would probably give him, I would assume, probably give him more money, and you know he would be a main the main guy getting going back there because there's not a lot of i would say the old stars there anymore everyone's gone basically so to have jeff come back to tna would probably put him up at that top spot if he goes to aw i'm sure he would have to work his way up which maybe he's not ready not really wanting to do anymore and that is mr x's final question thank you mr x definitely and if you want me to stumble upon your questions earl just earl maybe elijah Maybe your brother Josh. Maybe Tyler. Because, you know, Tyler says he's emailed this before, but he never got it. You can do it at curveballncs at gmail.com. You know, I check it every Friday right before the podcast. So, you know, you have uh, another, what, week to email us. Do it. Another 23 hours to email us. And Tyler probably emailed it to curveballs and CS, but we're not going to talk about who set up that email account. Brandon. Yeah, I'm sorry. I, I misspelled their own podcast name. But. Let's jump on into the wrestling news. WrestleMania set to take place in Los Angeles, the new home of the Chargers and the Rams. The rumor is that WWE is obviously in conversations with government officials and they're looking for a kind of a yes or no answer by December if WrestleMania can be a go. They don't want to be like it was this year where the COVID situation just kind of got sprung upon them. They only had about a month's notice to really evaluate and change all their plans. And being that this kind of hits close to home, Dominic, possibly we're going to be going to this WrestleMania. Your thoughts on the current update. And we talked a little bit about it with Mr. X's question. Just your overall thoughts with the Rona and your the possibility of WrestleMania being in L.A., maybe hosting fans. I think hosting 70,000 fans full capacity is kind of out of the question, but I still am really that there could be maybe 20,000 fans there. So let me, let, me, let me go with this. So you're saying maybe 20,000. Who gets to go? So are you, are you it's saying... Just a first, it would be just like a regular thing. You, you're you, just saying the first 20,000 fans that get on to Ticketmaster or yep, to and it'll be, or it'll be all. I mean, even with... I mean, who knows what travel restrictions would be like, and maybe it'll just be a, a super localized, you know, kind of Western, maybe even full United States crowd, I and mean, not a lot of international people coming in for this. Okay, and then the second question is, you know, it's not really, a, not really a question. It's more of a statement. You know, damn well, it's not going to happen, especially in L.A. Newsom's territory. He ain't, he ain't gonna, he ain't gonna let that happen. Still holding on hope. That's why usually WrestleMania tickets go on sale about November, 
And if they're trying to get a question, if they're trying to get this answer done by December, I would assume they're not going to sell tickets until they know for sure or even kind of get an inkling. I mean, I think maybe by Halloween, we're going to have a better understanding on where we're at. And so let me ask you this. Let's say they say starting October 3rd, WrestleMania tickets go on sale. Do you think that's them saying we got the answer we wanted? Boom. Good. Or is that them saying we're going to sell tickets and then if we have to refund people, refund people? It's not only just the tickets, it's having to do merchandise and having to do staging and having to get all the logistics in line to set up WrestleMania and do everything with the, I mean, the, the big ass show. Do you think, you know, so you, how you said 70,000, 70, not probable, 20,000 pop is probable. Do you think WWE will host WrestleMania in LA with 20,000 or would they say, fuck it, just go back to the performance center? Well, at that point, it's going to be a year of PC no fans shows if it is that entire year of no fans. I think WWE is itching and wanting to do something with fans. They always want to be that first sports-esque company to do something. And I definitely, once they get the okay, and that's why I feel like them being in Florida, for better or for worse, one of those states that are kind of lackadaisical on the COVID restrictions, if they're allowed to bring in any sort of real fans, whether it be a couple hundred at the PC, then they're going to want to do that. Okay, let's move on. Well, we're going to talk about some wrestling promotions that we normally don't talk about. Tomorrow, July 18th, one of the 26, I guess 27 greatest days in history is tomorrow. Oh, it's because we're releasing the other podcast. Oh, yeah, you're right. right. Exactly, exactly. Well, actually, that'd be like 181 of the greatest days. Well, 180-something. Okay, just get over this. Let's come on. It's my birthday tomorrow. If you Who gives know. a fuck? Let's go. Come on. Apparently, you don't. You don't have a present for me. Uh, Mary Mary told you it's this dick. We have TNA Slammiversary. Now, we're not going to go over the entire card, obviously. We don't really watch Impact all that often, to be honest. But the big news, as we talked about, uh, tomorrow is kind of the day where all of these WWE-released wrestlers are going to be able to become free free agents and do whatever they want. A lot of news is already starting to trickle out. The the Anderson and Gallows apparently have signed with TNA. They've hinted at almost literally every single released wrestler is going to show up at TNA Slammiversary or Impact Slammiversary. So your thoughts on just Slammiversary in general and kind of all these rumors and speculations. Obviously, Rusev won't be there. He has tested positive for COVID, so he's not going to be there. But he is another one of those wrestlers who is rumored, so maybe he'll show up via satellite. So let me, let me ask you, like, people like... Anderson and Gallows, Rusev, I know uh, EC3 has been rumored, I know Eric Young was rumored, you know, everyone else has been rumored. Do you Possibly, think these- uh, Kurt, I almost said Kurt Young. That's it. Pitching coach, former pitching coach for the Oakland A's. Zack Ryder and Kurt Hawkins. Oh, okay. Do you think these people are actually 100% full-fledged signed to the company, or do you think they're just going to be a one-off or two-off appearance just to give the company a little more credibility? There is a possibility that maybe they do one-offs. I think the Gallows and Anderson deal has it in their contract. They can go to Japan and do stuff with New Japan. So, I mean, it all just depends, I think, with Impact. Obviously, they don't have big, big money like AEW or even ROH Sinclair to throw at them to really lock them down. So I think with Impact, they're going to maybe do like some short-term stuff, especially since they're one of the few companies actually running shows and being able to give wrestlers some sort of paycheck. I think maybe you can find either a short-term exclusive deal or maybe something with some options later on down the line. Is Who are you... How do I say? Who are you... Is there anyone you 100% expect to be there? 
or I know there's like an open challenge for a tag team. Gallows and Anderson seemingly is a done deal, whether they're there or not. I think that's kind of seemingly they're going to be there. I mean, EC3, that's kind of another logical one. I think Eric Young is also one that they've definitely hinted at. So I think kind of those OG-esque uh, impact guys, I think they're going to show up there. Rusev, Mir- Mirlov, is that what he's going by? That is Mirlo. Mirlo. I mean, I think he's probably the person I'm most excited to see just as a free agent because we haven't seen him in that environment. And if he does go to TNA, I mean, it's going to be interesting to see what he can do because I think naturally kind of from what he portrays himself on the internet is like a natural baby face, but in wrestling, he's been more of a heel. So I want to see what he is on the indie scene on our, or on impact ring of honor, AEW, wherever he goes. So I think Rusev is definitely the person I'm looking forward to the most, just because I don't know what to expect from him. And Heath Slater, where do you see him? Do you think he's going back to WWE or do you think he's actually going to be one of those people that show up at a slam anniversary? He could be someone that I can see popping up at Slammiversary. I also maybe see him being one of those, you know, indie guys that shows up to your local promotion, you know, do the signing, get a five-minute quick win, and, you know, take pictures with the kids. Whenever that happens again. If that ever happens again. But I did see, I was watching a video because I watched the Major Wrestling Figure podcast on YouTube. Kurt Hawkins and Hornswoggle actually did a meet and greet in New York, I think, a few days ago or last week. Well, good for them getting out there. Mm -hmm. Wearing masks and signing figs. Now, once again, another promotion we never talk about, New Japan. Dominic, big New Japan fan, obviously. Huge, huge. We have a new double intercontinental and IWGP heavyweight champion, Evil. I wanted to say who it was, but whatever. Who is it, Dominic? Evil. Yes. He has joined the Bullet Club. He turned on his... LIJ companions Naito was the first ever champ champ COVID hits has wasn't really able to defend it all that often so once again kind of sucks for Naito he took forever to finally get his opportunity to be the top guy and then he never really got his time to shine and now evil ends up getting the win I am intrigued it's something different I think with New Japan they have so many you know they only have a certain number of top top guys as you can see being in that scenario so evil him getting elevated to that spot It'll be interesting to see what he can do with the Bullet Club being so Gaijin heavy and not a lot of them being able to be there right now. I think him being the top uh, guy in Bullet Club is also going to be interesting to see. But Dominic, from someone who is such a big fan and knows the ins and outs of New Japan, what are your thoughts on Evil becoming champ champ, joining the Bullet Club and everything like that? Well, the one thing I want to ask you, because you're, you know, if I'm the one of the biggest fans, you must be this, you know, the mega fan, um, was... Do you think he'll hold both titles for long? And if so, which would be the first one he drops? Would it be the heavyweight or the intercontinental? I could see him dropping one of the titles. I mean, thus far, the only matches we've seen with the dual titles have been both of them on the line. I think he definitely can fit as an IC title champion. I don't know what you want to do if you just want to have him have one match and have both titles on the line every single time. You know, have one match with just one belt on the line. But as I said, I mean, Evil has just kind of been thrusted into this top spot where you only usually see Naito, Okada, Tanahashi, Kenny Omega in that spot, and now we're getting a, a brand new face. So at this point, I can't see him being a heavyweight champion, but you just kind of got to build him up and make him uh, get those wins and build up his credibility. And what happens when the rest of the bowl club comes back? Maybe we'll get some dissension. Maybe we get 
Jay White turning babyface, which at this point I can never see, but that's because he's such a great heel. Okay, let's move on. Code word for Dominic has nothing else to say. I mean, I like to ask the questions, okay? All right, let's move on to Monday Night Raw. We kick off with the VIP Lounge, MVP with Dolph Ziggler and Drew McIntyre. They go back and forth, kind of do your stereotypical Raw opening segment. They go back and forth. Ziggler's supposed to reveal his stip, or he's supposed to pick a stip, and he still hasn't done that yet, which I guess is the heel move to not say anything until the very last minute. Sounds like me. You know, supposed to do something, never does it. You, I mean, Dolph Ziggler eventually is going to do it. Don't I eventually do it too? He eventually does it by the deadline. Don't I eventually do it by the deadline? I don't know about that. Well, thanks. So nothing else to say about this? Great opening segment. It's horrible. I mean, I'm tired of... I think MVP needs to focus more on Apollo Crews and not Drew McIntyre. Just saying. We continue with the feud between R-Truth and the Ninjas. R-Truth challenges Tozawa to a 24-7 championship. And before the match even starts, Shayna Baszler finally returns from wherever the hell she was hiding at. And she comes out, beats up a few ninjas. R-Truth runs away. Tozawa runs away. And she basically cuts a promo and says, no more funny business. I'm back and I'm going to break bitches or something like that. Is it safe to say that Shayna will be the next Raw Women's Champion? She or, should. or, sorry to cut you off, or 24-7 champion? Don't think she's going to be 24-7 champion. As you've noticed, I mean, R-Truth has been in non-title matches before where he's in with a Randy Orton or any credible wrestler. Obviously, those people aren't going to want to challenge for that title because it's a joke, and I don't think Shayna Baszler should be holding a joke title. But she can make it so prestigious. Do not know about that. I mean, Shayna Baszler should be the champion. At this point, she should have beaten Becky Lynch, regardless if she was going to get pregnant or not. I felt that was kind of the obvious choice. And I think even Becky has come out and said that she kind of expected Shayna Baszler to win the title. But she's come back, as I kind of talked about with the Sasha Bates situation. I think building towards Asuka and Shayna Baszler could be a really fun match at SummerSlam. I agree. I think Shayna, as long as she doesn't do anything stupid and does whatever Vince wants, she'll be the next champion. Then we get another returning woman on Raw. Bianca Belair comes out of the main event scene. Not the Raw main event scene. The literal show main event scene. Because apparently that's the only place she wrestles now. But she comes to help out. Main event's still a thing. Main event is still a thing. Gotta, Gotta hold up those international rights fees and stuff. But Bianca Belair helps out Ruby Riot. And now that the odds are even that Ruby Riot and Bianca Belair are able to defeat the Iconics... Obviously, Belair gets a lot of the offense. She's dominant and happy to see her win. Uh, I feel as though she's definitely underutilized. She showed up on that Raw after WrestleMania and hasn't really done anything since. She was linked up with the Street Profits. They're nowhere to be seen with them or with her. Uh, I think she's great. She can play heel or babyface pretty effectively. Right now, she's a babyface, but I think it's, you know, in an instant, she can turn and be the, the bad EST if she wants. I but, know Dominic isn't the biggest Bianca Belair fan in the world, well, so what's I'm, your thoughts? I'm not. I'm not. But here's the thing, though. You're already turning her into Big Show and Charlotte, where she was a heel for majority of NXT, right? And then she comes to the main roster, helps out uh, Street Profits, and then makes her babyface. And now she's babyface, but you just said, oh, they can turn her any second. 
you're already flip flopping her I way said too you much. Could, yeah, you. But at this you know, point, they she, will though. But at, I know. But at this point, she's not established as a baby face. I mean, yeah, she's she's a baby face now, but she's not like she hasn't been there for six months and in okay. storylines and okay. doing things in okay. that nature to where she okay. has. But uh, let's just hope that they don't flip flop her. We don't need flip flops in the main roster. No more flippy doos. No, we want flippy doos. No, we don't want, want we don't want people flip flopping. Okay. Flip flop, got blah. No, no flip flops in a Randy Orton match. We all know that. Randy Orton cuts a promo very similar to what he's been doing the past few months. You know, basically saying that what he did to all these aging wrestlers they deserved it and it's all their faults he takes on our truth non-title match because randy doesn't give a shit about the 24 7 title randy beats our truth in like 10 seconds and that's that and then big show comes out and they're gonna have an unsanctioned match next week on raw i mean let's just be honest we all knew randy was gonna win that match anyways and then with big show coming out it, it's it's just them grasping for straws at this point there there's Big Show doesn't need to be there. Ric Flair doesn't need to be there. So Ric Flair definitely doesn't need to be there for exactly. health reasons. Exactly. And we have come to this point in the podcast where Dominic is bored and has turned to his phone. Oh, I'm sorry. You know, this is this is the boring part. I'm gonna like the sports part. Moving on, we got Kevin Fuck Owens you. defeating Seth Rollins. Seth Rollins You're just has, jealous you can't go on your phone. I mean I could go on my phone, but I have respect for this podcast. I can run this shit. All right, I'm going to talk about Kevin Owens and Seth Rollins. No, you can run it. You can run it. Fine, give me the fucking... Give me this shit. Oh, my God. I have so many notifications. All right, I'm back. Kevin Owens defeats Seth Rollins in a pretty pretty decent match. Um, Brandon, what are your thoughts on it? Thoughts? I don't know, but the studio audience sent us a picture of Braun Strowman in a Speedo, and she is saying in these emojis that apparently she thinks Braun Strowman has a small penis. Ooh, Braun Strowman, big listener of the podcast, might come and uh, beat some ass. And Studiani's big Braun Strowman fan. I don't know if this is going to affect her uh, opinion opinion on him. Maybe, maybe, maybe. Well, going to the studio audience when we go to the wrestling shows, we can say this because she's not around here. When I think especially during the NXT show, we were like, you know, second or third row, we can really see everything. I feel as though every wrestler in trunks or tight-fitting pants, she was always commenting about the size or lack thereof of the schlong. Do you remember that? But yeah, you know, I make one comment about a diva. I mean, a female wrestler. I get shit on for it. Yeah, apparently she just expects every man out there walking around with like a seven-inch hog. Soft. Tyler Gunnerson, what? 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 The hog. Owens, Rollins, give me your thoughts. Well, Seth Rollins has quite arguably the most built-up match this week on Extreme Rules. He is the bastard heel. He's the guy that, you know, kind of the top heel at the moment. And yet you beat him on a throwaway show or a throwaway match a few days before the pay-per-view. Don't understand why you would do that. You would think that you, if Rey Mysterio was going to beat Seth Rollins, you would want Rey Mysterio to be the one to beat Seth Rollins clean in the middle of the ring. You don't want to devalue the Seth Rollins loss a week ahead of time. But also Kevin Owens is a force to be reckoned with. So you got to give him that, though. That's another thing is uh, Kevin Owens shows up in two weeks, hasn't done anything, still hasn't really done anything, and yet you have him beat Seth Rollins. I think it's fine. Great match. Got to spit on your... On your uh, yeah, yeah, there you go. There you go. Yeah, yeah. ASMR podcast coming soon? Maybe. Um, next. Actually, it's the 
ending of Raw or our Raw recap. Yes, there we go. Thank you. Thank you. Just like you run the show, Banks and Bailey defeat Kabuki Warriors. I like to think this match was fairly well. Um, I'm actually a little disappointed that the Kabuki, Kabuki Warriors lost. I feel like with Kyrie Sane and Asuka's dynamic, I think they should have maybe pulled this one off, in my opinion. But what's your opinion, Brandon? So you think the Kabuki Warriors should have won and became new women's tag team champions? Yes. I enjoyed the match. I thought, obviously, with these four women involved, I thought... Or at least a DQ finish and they won, maybe. It is the main event. You get WWE, they always do those shitty DQ finishes. I, I mean, I joined the match. I thought the ending was pretty good. I thought they had a, a pretty believable near fall with Kyrie hitting the insane elbow, Asuka not being the greatest tag partner in the world by not keeping an eye on Bailey, so Bailey was able to break up the tag. And yeah, I mean, it was just kind of your straightforward good match. The heels end up getting the win in the end, and Kyrie seemingly on her way out, eating a lot of the pinfalls. Well, Brandon, that does this for Raw. Let's go to AEW. Dynamite, a.k.a. Fight for the Fallen, a.k.a. Fighter Fest, AKA according to Jim Ross. The B-Show. We start off with Cody defending his TNT championship against Sonny Kiss. Sonny <laughs> comes out. I can't control the dog. Sorry, man. You know, I, I, I put sheets on the windows. I can't do anything. Sorry. It's the mailman. Goddamn mailman. Fuck you, United States Post Office piece of shit your mailbox is on your garage sorry i can't hear with all these dogs barking your, your mailbox is on your garage uh yes it is seems like a far walk why can't it just be by your door who's the uh, architect of this house i'm calling them up i mean do you have a phone line to the graves to heaven the hell i don't know where he went or she went i don't know fuck you Minnie. barking you know you started it and fuck you, Oreo. You know you you came up behind her and started barking too. It's fuck always y'all, it's always a little it's here. always the little ones that started first. Yep. Anyways, Cody defeats Sunny Kiss in about twelve minutes. Sunny comes out with the Jacksonville Jaguars cheerleaders. Nice. I thought it was a really good match. I think Sunny definitely has uh, got more serious in the ring. Uh, I haven't seen a lot of his work, but I think this was probably the best match I've seen of his in AEW. Enjoyed it a lot, Cody. Sort of showing some heel tendencies, disagreeing, you know, not being on the same page with Arn Anderson, Tully Blanchard creeping in the stands, possibly scouting. Who? We don't know. A tag partner for Sean? Maybe starting up a faction with four wrestlers? Maybe Sonny is turning the heat up and uh, going to be a force to be reckoned with? Maybe, I don't know, maybe a world champion one day? Maybe, Dominic, what'd you think on this match? Uh, wasn't really high on Sonny. And then I saw it, and the move that blown me that blew me away, I believe it was the Moonsault. And he hit it, and it was actually pretty clean. Not clean like, oh, that's so clean, but clean like it was smooth, and the execution was good and everything. I like to think that um, I'm starting to come around to him. We get FTR defeating the lucha bros this was highly anticipated first time ever match and in the end dax harwood rips off phoenix's mask for the roll-up victory kind of a cheeky heelish way to get the win ftr sort of baby faces at the moment kind of heels i think you have a lot of uh not tweeners but you had kind of possible 
returns being set up for later on down the line on this show. I thought it was, you know, damn good match as you would expect. Maybe not the best match of the show, but I thought it was really good. I was a, it was a little lackluster for me, being that it was the first time ever. Um, it was a little lackluster. Um, I do agree with with the finish was kind of not what I wanted or expected, but nevertheless, it was a win for FTR and they deserved it. Even though Lucha Bros have been there, they're established. Maybe they could have got the win. I don't know. Yeah, at the moment, I feel as though they're definitely building towards FTR facing against Kenny and Adam Page, the champions. Kenny comes out trying to give a peace offering to FTR with some beers, and they go to cheer, and FTR pours the beers onto Kenny. Kenny gets a little agitated, which we will uh, talk about in a little bit. But then we get Chris Jericho celebrating his win over Orange Cassidy. Orange Cassidy comes out, does the Batista thumbs up, thumbs down, and he gets he drenches them in orange juice. I think this would have been, I mean, I, it was fine. I think it probably would have had a little bit more uh, umph to it if they didn't kind of do the exact same thing 10 minutes beforehand with Kenny Omega, obviously a much smaller scale, but. I mean, it, it, it is a little different. I mean, yes, the end result is the same, someone getting drenched, but different situation. Kenny Omega went to peace offering. It was with beer. This is his way of, and this was Orange Cassidy's way of saying F you, Chris Jericho, and Inner Circle, boop. So, I mean, I understand it's the same, but different. I mean, um, when they came out and they didn't clean up the ring, I had you a, already knew this I had a was feeling happen. something was going to happen. Because usually after something like that happens, they automatically take out the mat. AEW, learn from your mistakes, please. That's just me overthinking everything. You're good. But, I mean, obviously they're still continuing this feud. Maybe the match is going to happen next week or anything like that, but... Chris Jericho and Orange Cassidy still doing stuff. It was fine. I mean, what do you, you think of Chris Jericho's new gimmick now being the demo god, taking his uh, shtick from Twitter and putting it on the television? I think it's a little corny. I don't like it. I don't. Yeah, I mean, it's kind of too... Stick to your... It's too insider Too insidery for me. Exactly. You really got to be, you know, a very smart fan for that, in my opinion. And even for me, I, I really don't care. Just give me... Two good wrestling shows, and I don't really care what the viewers are. I mean, obviously, if the viewership is good and the demos are good, then the shows will keep happening. But yes, I don't really care about all that industry bullshit. Uh, so P- poor Chris Jericho had to go on commentary after he gets juiced. Tony Schiavone was not able to be on commentary because his COVID tests were not in. So Taz did the first hour while Jericho did the second hour. Uh, we get the Elite taking on the Jurassic Express, the Elite win, and Kenny Omega being a very bad boy pins marco stunt and after the fact he goes and beats up little marco even more so a tease at possible heel kenny omega i really want cleaner coming back i really want it to happen i do too and i'm very excited to see what they do i mean obviously hangman i think was getting set up for a heel turn but since he caught fire they had a you know, call an audible, and I think even I think Kenny being a heel is maybe even a better move than Paige being a heel, because. But then it's also kind of the thing of you're going to probably be in the same boat as Hangman, to where if Kenny were to kind of be that heel, he's going to get over and he's going to be a babyface as soon as crowds come back. There, there, there's going to be no doubt about it. I think either way, you set it up. I think it's just a character switch, and I think he desperately needs it right now because I just don't really like what he's been doing thus far in Dynamite. Well, they also think the thing too is is that no one really expected him to be a tag champion with Hangman Page. They expected one, of, most likely him, to be heavyweight champion and being this, you know, main event person. And yet you have him tag champion in the mid card. 
So it's just a weird spot. Yeah, I mean, that, that three minutes of him beating up Marco and kind of the look on his face was, I think, the most intriguing I've ever seen Kenny Omega on Dynamite thus far. Ooh. Is that a shot? A little bit. Just because I haven't really been too intrigued of what he's been doing. So, we get uh, the Nightmare Sisters. That's Allie and Brandy Rhodes taking on Kenzie Page and MJ Jenkins. This is kind of what they've been doing on Dark. Nightmare Sisters get the win. Once again, they don't really talk about Dark all that much. So, people like me who don't watch Dark kind of understand what's going on, but doesn't really care. What? uh, So... Because Allie is, like, with QT now for some reason, and so because QT's with the Nightmare family. And Butcher and Blade, uh, or just Butcher and Blade now? No bunny? I guess not. Sucks. I mean, if Brandy can just end up not being a part of a cult overnight, then I guess Allie cannot be the bunny anymore. Bummer. Uh, We get... Really like the bunny. Nyla Rose coming out, and we get her manager kind of hiding in plain sight. I don't even know if we really talked about her. We hinted at maybe a, a woman's manager, and it is Vicky Guerrero. Such a bad move. Such Banger a of a theme song, though. Such a bad move. Dominic, why do you not like this move of Vicky Guerrero? Well, I feel like it's a bad move because, first of all, it's been publicly made that she is having a little bit of issues with WWE. Um... Granted, um, you know, she left, did her own thing. Um, she doesn't fit well with Nyla. She doesn't fit well, in my opinion. I feel like, I, and call call me whatever you want, but she should not be with her. She should be with another up-and-coming wrestler, maybe even with the Lucha Bros. Not going to say it. Thank you. But is it because just the gimmicks don't fit? Do you think if maybe Vicky were to turn it down from 12 to like an 8? If she wasn't so loud over the top, would that be a better fit with Nyla? Uh, possibly. Um, I still think Vicky is a better promo than Nyla Rose is. Oh, God, yes. But she just doesn't fit well. I think Vicky would have been better off with somebody else um, that would need it. This and I don't think the Lucha Bros need a manager i mean yeah i mean phoenix lwo so going for it somewhere somewhere or another now it's an AEW. i mean phoenix he speaks good enough english obviously penta doesn't really speak any english but i think the wrestling and i mean i even on nxt i really enjoy just eo speaking in japanese and getting the subtitles i mean just kind of the intensity and it sounds a lot better than i'd rather eo speak in Japanese fluently and with attitude than her trying to remember her lines in broken english and not really coming she's I mean, it's even worse with someone who doesn't speak English where they're just reading off a script and they don't even feel it and they don't really understand what they're saying. Well, agreed, but I still going to hold my, hold, my, hold my ground on this and say Vicky does not fit with Nyla. And turning it from a 12 to an 8 does not help. It's, it's everything does not mesh well, in my opinion. Vicky wasn't, she was, if you think about it, she was a manager to who? Dolph Ziggler, right? Edge. Kind of. At, no, she was general manager. She was not a manager. She was more of a valet, not a manager. But she said general manager, so she's kind of a manager. She's a manager generally. No. I like to think that she'd be better off doing some other role. Maybe even commentary. She has done commentary for AW. There we go. Maybe maybe she can be like this, like the Beth Phoenix, you know, gives her take on women's matches or, you know, just, you know, like a Renee Young, just there. 
in the main event, we get John Moxley defeating Brian Cage. Moxley cuts a promo on the outside of the building before the match starts, talking about how maybe he can't be able to hook the arms to get the D- the DDT, but he's going to go after that surgically repaired bicep, and that was the story of the match. Moxley going for the bicep, going for both biceps. At the end, they do the towel finish with Taz throwing in the towel. So before we get to the aftermath, Dominic, kind of your thoughts on the match itself and the finish of the heel kind of losing clean but also being protected with the towel spot i do not like the towel spot just because i feel like you know i understand it protects him somewhat but it shows you that he's weak in my opinion i feel like should should have been a clean finish and or you can have taz interfere you know get caught dq whatever but I think the towel finish thrown in the towel just makes Brian Cage look like he's weak, he's vulnerable. Um, he's, he didn't tap out technically, but they but tapped through talent. So you're saying your manager had no faith in you. You're putting well, you are putting more heat on the manager than the. There's more blame on the manager than the wrestler loses so himself. Then, so you're and in si- in kayfabe's ta- in kayfabe terms. Taz was protecting his wrestler because he doesn't want him to tear his bicep again and be out for six months. But in normal terms, go ahead. They didn't want Brian Cage to lose clean, so they... No, I, no I'm saying in non-campfabe terms. I mean, Brian Cage is a bitch. He should have lost clean. Should have tapped. You know, don't always... You know, you can lose the battle, but you live to see another day, so you can win that war. All right, and then after the fact, we get Cage trying to attack John Moxley, and we get the return of Darby Allen. Darby Allen was injured by Brian Cage. That's why he's been out on the shelf. So a logical next step, if Cage isn't going to go back for that title, for him to kind of get off track with Darby Allen. Your thoughts on Darby returning and teaming up? Kind of. I mean, this has kind of been kind of a pseudo tag team for a little bit now with Moxley and Allen. How did he get hurt again? Was that when he? Uh... It's Darby Allen. He does crazy shit all the time. I was gonna say, was that when he did that little coffin drop off the ladder or whatever onto the floor, right, or something like that? He did a lot of things to double nothing that he should have done. Okay, but uh, I'm happy. I'm happy Darby's back. Um, I'll be honest. I don't see him winning against Brian Cage, but uh, I'm happy to see him back. Then let's move on to NXT. Keith Lee, your new champ champ. They did a vignette. They have almost like every single woman, or not woman, but every single male wrestler on the roster kind of congratulating him or challenging him for both or one of the titles. And Keith Lee comes out, cuts a promo, you know, straightforward babyface promo, kind of thanking everybody that he's been a part, that he's known and has helped him get to this point in his life. And he calls out Dominic Dijakovic, longtime friend, longtime rival, challenges him to a match. And at the end, they have a match a little later on in the show with Keith Lee winning. Maybe not the best match that they've had, but another solid match from these two. So, but the only thing I got to say is I really don't want, as much as I wouldn't mind seeing a match between them again i don't want to see a match between them anymore i feel like we've seen so many of them i'm kind of burnt out yeah i mean the last match they had a takeover i was like okay or i don't even know if it was takeover but the last match they had before this one i was fine with that being the last one because it, they have done it so many times and there's so many different talents out there that you can I mean, this might be just like a go-to match that they just throw on there. They know they can fill 10, 15 minutes, and it can it can be good stuff. But I think at the end of the day, you want to go back to this match eventually. So 
hold off for at least a year. Don't go back to it. It doesn't need to be for a title or anything like that, but just put in the back burner. You have the story built in already. You don't just need to throw it out there. For There's enough talent out there that if you want a one-off match, I think you could have done it, but I think this just kind of had the built-in story, and Dijakovic isn't really doing anything at the moment, so he doesn't really hurt get hurt by losing. Well, I mean, the other thing, too, is... Um... You know, Keith Lee eventually will drop a title. I don't think he should drop a title to him. I think Keith Lee should drop a title to other people and let Divakovic beat that other person. I feel like if he beats Lee for it, it, it kind of ruins the storyline they have. Um, and you can, like you said, you can always go back to it in the, in the future. Then we get Damian Priest taking on Cameron Grimes in a grudge match. They've been building this matchup for a few weeks now. And Damian Priest gets the win. Priest freshly turned babyface. Grimes, I think, is kind of not defined down, but he's kind of set in the slot that he's going to be in. Damon Priest getting a win with Keith Lee being the champion. Well, going well, I forgot. At the end, Scarlet comes out, shows the broken, whatever. I I remember what hourglass. It was. The hourglass. There we go. Thank you very much. And so basically, a setup for Karen Cross coming for that ass eventually. Coming for the heavyweight or the North American, you think? Go big or go home. Go for both of them. Okay. Good, good, good. Uh, so, Damon Priest defeats Cameron Grimes. I liked it. I mean, I've, I'm i I'm riding high on Priest. I, I've liked him. I didn't know much about him in ROH. When I saw him, I kind of at first was kind of like at a glance was like, eh. But I, I'm kind of digging him a little bit. We get Town Business, Shotzi Blackheart. Yeah, boy defeats Indy Hartwell uh, continuing on with the storyline with her having an interaction with Robert Stone Shotzi gets this win nothing with Robert Stone but obviously they were kind of talking about it and that was kind of the whole story with the commentators while this match was going on Shotzi is your next women's champion guaranteed then we get a vignette with Legado del Fantasma Good job. All, all of them just sitting around the uh, table drinking a nice scotch or jack and coke or whatever they were drinking sorry water they're pussies well it was kind of colored so it was at least soda or something coke okay uh they just kind of go around the table talk about uh the match that they had last week and once again i guess they're supposed to be heels but they're defending the name and culture of lucha libre which i don't understand what makes them heels about that because the baby faces and even the crowd were kind of taunting them and making fun of lucha libre so the crowd was being racist? Well, when... Or being insensitive about someone else's culture. One might say they're pulling a Dominic? Possibly. When, I mean, I th- was it last week or the week before where he cut that promo and he was like, oh, Lucha is just flips and shit. And they're like, that is Lucha. Once again, the NXT crowd, not very good. I think they try too hard to be that smart crowd. And, and they're all wrestlers and they're dumbasses. You said it, not me. Then we get uh, Timothy Thatcher in a squash match, continuing with his push. Don't exactly know what they have in store for him, but just kind of chugging along, doing his thing, breaking arms, and cashing checks. Still don't know much about him. I mean, not that I don't know much about him, but I don't... He doesn't really fancy me at all. He doesn't tickle your fancy? Exactly. It just He just... I don't know if it's his appearance or if it's, if it's the way he wrestles or whatever, but it just doesn't really do much for me. In the main event, we get Io Shirai defending her NXT Women's Championship. Six-star match. Against Tegan Knox. Tegan falls short on this occasion. Io ends up getting the victory. I thought it was a really good match. 
good long back and forth match between these two women. In the end, Io hits a shitty looking moonsault for the victory, but she gets the victory nonetheless. And then in the end, Burpsky, Io gets knocked out by Dakota Kai, obviously setting up that match. That she's next. And I guess that's fine. Um, I just, just don't know how many people Io's going to go through before we get that Shotzi title reign. I mean, Io's going to run through Dakota and then Shotzi's next in line? I would, say, I would say Shotzi's probably next, and then you'll probably have Mia Yim come up and Mia Yim will get her first title victory. You're just going to... Big dog's hungry. Yeah, because someone had to say I'm feeding the dogs. Especially the big dog. The big dog? Big dog's got to eat. I'm hungry too, so let's wrap this up. Little dog's got to eat. As I said, good match. What do you mean, little dog, huh? What well, do you what are you, what are you getting at, Brandon? Well, I thought your dad was big dog, and so if he's big dog, then that means you're a little dog. Average dog here, buddy. Calm average, the fuck down. Average dog. Okay, average dog. Uh, I'm excited to see what Dakota Kai does with EO. I mean, that's more of a straightforward babyface heel matchup. I like what Dakota's been doing. In-ring-wise, should be exciting. Hopefully, uh, Dakota can, you know, kind of take it up a notch. I feel as though she hasn't really matched what she did in the uh, Mae Young Classic, but I think EO and her will have a damn good match, and I'm I excited so, to yeah. see what happens. Okay. So, yay. Since Dominic is hungry. Taco time. Taco Friday. Can, can we edit Dominic, that out? you say stupid shit when you're hungry, don't you? <laughs> can we edit that you're out? You're not you when you're hungry. Is there a Snickers bar or something? Shout out Snickers. But, yes, that'll do it for us for today. Make sure to check out our very timely, definitely not pre-recorded and missing some special news about Yasio Puig. Maybe we can uh, just sh- do a little quick film over real quick. Nah. Okay, no. all right. Definitely listen. Well, if you're listening to this, obviously you listen to this podcast before you listen to that. But Mr. Th- X, listen to it. Elijah, Earl, listen to it. Everybody in the world, listen to it. If you want to see our beautiful faces, I will link the video in the description of this and podcast. I'll, and I'll actually tweet it out and Facebook it out. I mean, if you want, you can tweet it out right now. I could. But you haven't, even though it's been a few days since we've actually, done it. Actually, I did like and retweet trapdoor to hells so I technically but, did. but that was only the live version you haven't done it again so they can watch the the replay of it oh whatever i want to eat tacos dominic wants that taco anyways on on that note for dominic hobson for the little dog the big dog the medium dog and the studio audience and everybody in between and you and me goodbye and good night uh taco time <laughs>